0: Oh, good. And also if you sneeze, you might say, God bless you. Yeah, unless you have a little German in your family and you say gesundheit, which is basically may good things come upon you. Uh, Today we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to give and receive a blessing. What exactly is a blessing? Do you have any? The last few days after I finished up all the, the church work and, and the things for, you know, this, this upcoming week, uh, and man, Pastor Grady, you've been such a, a, a great help. He hasn't foisted everything upon me just yet, so I've had time to work on a few little details, but the, the last couple of days I've, I've really busied myself with taking care of my list. Do you have a list? I'm not talking about your letter to Santa, your wish list. Oh no, no. I'm talking about the list of what you would like to do, get, or provide for your friends and loved ones. And so as I've been out and about, as my patience has been tested with crazy drivers, as I've seen the festivity of the season, people walking around dressed in all sorts of festive garb, so many of them, wow, and others, oh my, you wore that outside? Oh, you know what I mean. This time of year, there's, there's all these emotions and thoughts swirling around, and, and we sinner saints, well, we, we just kind of run around Whoville a little crazy-like, don't we? We run around all crazy-like working on that list, and in the midst of all that, I just... At one point, I had to just sit in the parking lot somewhere and just take a deep breath. And instead of allowing all of that stuff kind of bubble up and stress me out, to just realize how full the glass really was. In other words, how blessed I am. One, to be able to provide gifts for other people, to do things for other people, Two, to realize how many gifts God really has showered down upon us. And, and that's just starting with all the physical stuff. Which is often what us who's focus on this time of year, right? You've got to keep up with the Joneses, or at the very least, you've got to get a bigger and better gift than you got last year, right? Right? We get so focused that we forget about what God really has provided, and perhaps in the midst of that, as you've heard, we might forget about the meaning of Christmas. We might not keep Christ in Christmas, but I would submit to you today, it's all about recognizing what a blessing really is. And to answer that question, to direct and guide us this day from His Holy Word, I would direct you to the Gospel text where we hear about Mary. Mary. In those days, Luke 1, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. The word haste there is probably a little understated. In the original Koine Greek text, as well as just the context of what's going on, you get a little more flavor of this crazy, perhaps, Whoville madness that Mary is experiencing. Mary is somewhere between 12 to 14 years of age. She has been engaged, betrothed to a man by the name of Joseph, who according to small-town Nazareth customs was probably about 25 or so. In the smaller town, they waited until they were a little older because they didn't make quite as much money as people did in the big cities. And so at some point, Joseph's parents sat down with Mary's parents, And they arranged the marriage. Now some of you ladies might say, oh my, can't believe they did that. But keep in mind, the small town of Nazareth, they would have seen and known each other. Probably would have passed each other in the marketplace. It could even be that Joseph had had his eye on Mary for a while. And just as a young man might work and save to buy that for a certain young lady, Joseph had that in mind. For Mary as well. Regardless, they end up being betrothed, which is kind of like being married, but it's not. You see, in our day and age where, well, anything goes, you know what I mean? Do whatever you want, if it feels right. The word chastity, you don't hear that word much anymore, do you? Just enjoy yourself. And if something happens, well, there's ways that we can fix that. In Mary's time, and I would hope we as Christians would reclaim a little bit of this, marriage was a big deal. It meant a lot. Not only to be pure and chaste, but also to prepare for being a husband and wife, which ultimately meant, should the Lord provide, that you would be a mom and and a dad and that little children would follow with poopy diapers and snotty noses and very needy children some of you know about that some of you might remember others of you look at the younger parents in the congregation and go oh glad i'm not doing that anymore and then some of you like pastor grady have daughters in college oh yeah Not knowing what they're doing, where they're going all the time, or what type of young men they're meeting with. So just enjoy the next two weeks, Pastor Grady. So, what's a blessing in the midst of all the craziness? Whether you've got little ones at home, young women, still kind of at home, whether you're out of that stage and you're dealing with grandchildren, you get to love them and leave them. Ah, what's a blessing? Because too often we see the other side of it, right? We, we get so caught up in the worry and the fear as we talked about last week. But, but, but here's Mary now, and, and keep in mind what happens to her just prior to our gospel text. The angel Gabriel comes to her and says, Hey, you're going to have a baby. And Mary's like, uh-uh. Joseph and I have been living apart from each other. We haven't consummated the marriage yet. Even though according to the law at the time, if Joseph would have died... Mary technically would be his wife and and would take over possessions and all that legal stuff, if you will. That's how big of a deal this betrothal was, this engagement. But now an angel shows up and says she's going to have a baby, and she and Joseph haven't been together, if you know what I mean. Wow. And amazing of all amazing Whoville things, Mary believes. She has faith. But don't doubt for a minute that this didn't rock her world. See, the text is kind of interesting because it gives the appearance that immediately, I mean, within like four to seven days, within a week, Mary leaves where she's living in Nazareth and goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who's down in Jerusalem. Now, if you know any of your Bible geography, you'll know that's anywhere from 80 to 100 miles. We don't know exactly where they were at. Probably about a four day trip. Don't know whether she rode the same donkey that she would ride later. Whether Joseph had bought her a new car as part of the engagement, we don't know. But long story short, she goes with haste. She's rushing around. And, and rightly so, she's pregnant with Jesus. That's a big deal. And she's got to go talk to somebody. Do you know what that's like? You ever had something big happen in your life, and it could be kind of good or bad, and you, you've got to go talk to somebody? I mean, you might text first nowadays, but but your inclination is you need somebody there to support you because this is a a life-changing moment. It's a big deal. And so Mary goes to see Elizabeth. Now the angel Gabriel also told Mary some other interesting news, that her cousin Elizabeth was also pregnant with the last and greatest prophet. So now you've got two ladies, one carrying the Messiah, the promised one who was to come, King of kings, Lord of lords, the others carrying the last and greatest prophet who was to prepare the way for this one. Woo! And so off Mary goes. And this is where it gets really interesting, and this is is where we really find our focus and definition for what a blessing is all about. She enters the house of Zechariah, that's uh, Elizabeth's husband, and she greets Elizabeth. We don't know exactly what she says. Oh, Elizabeth, what a long journey it was. My you-know-what is killing me. Oh, Hey, Elizabeth, how you doing? Can't wait to see you. Give me a hug. We don't know exactly what she said, but she greeted her as you would greet your own friends or family when you see them, and some of you might be doing a lot of that this next week, Right? I mean, we're going to go home to Kansas City for a few days, and we're going to see all the relatives we like, and, the, well, we're going to see all of them, you know what I mean? And, and we're going to greet all of them, right? And a Christian should love all of them, by the way, all of them. And so she greets Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth hears the greeting of Mary, this is the other thing that's just immediate, just immediate, just like Mary immediately going down to Jerusalem, when Elizabeth hears the greeting of Mary... Elizabeth's baby leaps for joy. This isn't ladies as you might remember when you were pregnant, or young ladies if you're pregnant now. This isn't, you know, having like gas or the baby kicking. This is a, woo! The baby responds to the sound of the voice. And not only that... Elizabeth is now filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 41, and she exclaims, she confesses with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. They didn't have cell phones back then. They didn't have Snapchat. They didn't have Facebook Messenger. They didn't have any of that stuff that some of us use today. Elizabeth wouldn't have known any of this. The Holy Spirit revealed it to her. Which is exactly why you and I, this time of year, need the Holy Spirit to remind us about all of our rushing around, all of our Whoville madness. Which is why we need a blessing today as well. And the Holy Spirit comes. Blessed are you among women, Elizabeth says. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then she shows a great humility that I think each of us can learn a great lesson from. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Why have I been given all these blessings? Why do I have all of these great things? I don't deserve them. Sometimes as sinners we get so focused on oh I've earned it and I've deserved it and I've done so well and I'm just going to wallow around in all of my greatness and majesty. But a Christian a true Christian recognizes their place before the Most High God, recognizes that what they deserve is, well, sin, death, and hell. For the wages of sin is death. But here comes the blessing, because the gift of God is eternal life. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. John the Baptist's first sermon, if you will, was empowered by the Holy Spirit for him responding to the voice of the mother of his Lord. The same Lord that Elizabeth just confesses. And blessed is she, Elizabeth said, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. You see, a blessing is all about faith. It's all about faith and trust that God gives you what you need, not necessarily what you deserve. That God, out of His grace and mercy, gives you forgiveness of sins, life and salvation, gives you all that you need to support your body and life. Faith grabs hold of God's promises and says, yes, I need that. I believe that. You know, the word peace this time of year gets, gets thrown around quite a bit. And that's a word perhaps we need to reclaim from Scripture as well. I've had Muslim friends over the years, and they're all about peace be with you and upon you and all of this stuff, but we don't have the same definition of the word. For us as a Christian, peace for us means... God, Jesus, the Lord, is with you. He died for you. He rose for you. He shed his blood for you. When we say, peace be with you, and sometimes you might call me on the phone or you might see me and I might say, peace be with you. And you're like, oh, I can't remember what to say. That crazy new pastor. Peace be with you. Uh, and also with you and with thy spirit. You know what? If you don't know what to say, just say amen. Amen. But if you hear me say that, or as we use that word in the service, it's all about Jesus. It's all about an acknowledgement that in your baptism, the Lord is with you. It's all about how Jesus comes to be with you in simple bread and wine, for you to taste and see that the Lord is good. It's all about you receiving forgiveness, not because you've earned it, but because Jesus covered over all of your sins, your worries, your fear, your crazy, who, madness, with His blood. The Old Testament prophet tells us this as well. You, O Bethlehem, Africa. And we're going to sing about Bethlehem right here, probably tomorrow. O little town of Bethlehem. Little humble shepherd town where Jesus now was born. You are too little to be among the clans of Judah, but from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. And yes, the ancient of days, the King of kings, Lord of lords, Micah says there at the end of the Old Testament reading, he shall be their peace. Your peace and mine this Christmas season is not going to come from the time spent with family or, or favorite recipes or getting someone that gift that they really want or a better gift than last year, receiving the gift that we really wanted. No, those are all good things. Don't get me wrong. True peace for us is found in Christ who has come. As the author of Hebrews says, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The body of Jesus who took up residence in the womb of this young little woman named Mary. God who came and made his temple now a dwelling place with man that you and I might see and know what a real blessing is, that we might share that blessing with others as we speak to others, as we serve others in our vocation, that we too might believe that we're included in this promise of those who believed in the fulfillment of what was spoken, of what is spoken, and of what is given from the Lord. God, grant us such peace and joy in the midst of this season. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.